that's actual sound of those guys at that place on that day. What's going on, folks? Welcome in. Happy Valentine's Day, one and all. Dom's in my headset going, the radio doesn't know. I mean, with Joel Damon, I don't know if you saw some of the video that was on Twitter on 16. <laughs> Harry and Joel show. So he, he actually took his shirt off. It was, was, you know, the last Sue whipping it around. Absolutely classic. It's, it's, yes, a lot of it is about what makes the WM Phoenix Open the WM Phoenix Open. Remember, they changed the rebrand of the corporate name from Waste Management. But it also is a reflection of Joel, too. With, with <laughs> And I believe, from what I could see, with, with they were, I think they were working on Harry all week. And he finally, obviously, acquiesced at least enough to do the, the pull-up of the shirt. But I think Joel was working on it all week. I think that was, that was his intent. He was having fun with it. And it made for a very unique event. Day after the, the Super Bowl. Do you know, Tom, that people, uh, the day after Super Bowl, they want this to be a national holiday. And what I'm wondering is, is this the largest hangover day of the year? Now, we know it is in the greater Phoenix area because you've got the double whammy of all the frivolity out, out at the WM Phoenix Open, and then you've got a Super Bowl on top of that. But for the rest of the country, could this be, maybe the national holiday is the hangover day, to borrow from the movie. Um, I believe in Cincinnati, they canceled school today. Like officially, I believe there's no school in Cincinnati and the Bengals didn't even win. <laughs> I think they made the announcement that we're not going to have school here. I, I mean, I don't know no what they're doing what. in Los Angeles. I feel like every day in Los Angeles might be a hangover day. So that, I'm not sure if that counts, but yes, I would say the day after the Super Bowl is a rough day for a lot of people. Do you realize what you just said, Don? You're going to get the entire cancel culture coming after you. What happened? You just you just disparaged Los Angeles. What? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. People are having a good time in Los Angeles. What's wrong with that? (laughs) I support people having a good time. Who can yes scores for that? No, I don't know. It's, It's all it's all about the spin. Did your team win, Dom? Yes. They did. Um, the Los Angeles Rams won, although for me it's, it was a win for Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford, a longtime quarterback, more than a decade with the Detroit Lions, just fumbling away in oblivion, finally switches teams and gets what he deserves. I'm very happy for him. And my understanding is you also switch teams. You, you no longer are a Detroit Lions fan. Lifelong yes, that's Lions true. fan of you. I, that's true. That, that's not, we don't need to start the show loyalty. with me broadcasting that I've abandoned my team. Well, but, just, it is what it is. But the rumors it's, are true. There's been a lot of the revelations about true. Dom this morning that people have found shocking that I'm sure will cause a firestorm of reaction <laughs> to Dom. It was an amazing reaction, uh, an emotional reaction from multiple players, including, including Scotty Scheffler. So it was a three-hole playoff that resulted in his first ever win on the PGA Tour. A 25-foot, 7-inch birdie putt was that which decided his fate. Uh, it was his 71st career start. Well, when you think about it, that's, that's not that many for somebody that everybody knew it wasn't just 
a question of if he would win, but when he would win. A very, very popular player at that. So in this sound from Scotty Scheffler, we've got a number of different elements to it that I thought you guys would find of interest. First of all, his initial thoughts, obviously, following the victory. Uh, what did Ted Scott bring to the combination now as, as a new partnership on the golf course? Did anything impact his play on the 16th hole? Were there any footprints? Were there any Marks from beer can impressions uh, from the action ahead of him. Would he prefer a different hole in the playoff other than the 18th where they played it multiple times? And would he like to see more events with the same kind of atmosphere as WM Phoenix Open? I'm just very pleased how today played out. I, I kept telling myself there'd be some bumps in the road, and um, I definitely gave myself a few of those with all the bogeys. But um, I hung in there tough and had a nice finish to the round to get in the playoff. And then from there, just tried to hang in there and execute some shots and um, you know, I'm very pleased to see that putt go in. And at the time, I thought it was just to keep the playoff going. And so, um, I guess it was nice um, seeing Patrick's putt not go in, and then you know, able to celebrate a little bit. Yeah, I think it's great. Um, definitely nice to get my first win under the belt. And I think first one's probably always the hardest. And I definitely made it pretty difficult on myself today um, going into the playoff and having to beat a player like uh, Patrick is pretty tough. And I'm um, just very pleased that I was able to do it. I mean, it's just a battle out there, and Teddy does a really good job of keeping me level-headed, and um, um, I think we work really well together. And um, you know, we had a lot of fun today, even through all the bogeys and stuff. We never felt totally out of the golf tournament, and I looked at him on 14 green. We were only, I think, maybe two back at the time, and um, I think I was a little bit surprised still to be that close to the lead. And um, you know, he just did a good job keeping me in it mentally and uh, keeping me focused on the task at hand. Um. No, I don't think so. I mean, it was pretty funny to watch that yesterday with all the beer cans flying. Did someone make a hole in one again today? Yeah. Okay. Didn't there was more beer cans. Carlos. Oh, Carlos did it. Yeah. Okay, that's funny. Good for Carlos. Well, by the time you maybe, I gotta, maybe that's why my putt didn't get to the hole. I don't, I don't know. but um, No, I mean, it's such a fantastic hole. Whatever they're going to do is whatever they're going to do. And um, I mean, watching the videos, the guys throwing the beer on the green. Honestly, in the playoff, I would prefer a hole that would go left to right because Patrick likes to draw the ball off the tee, and I like to fade it. So I would have, I would have liked for it to have been a different hole. But um, obviously, I, I, I performed well in the playoffs, so I'm, I'm still pleased with how it went. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a pretty fun event. Um, it's definitely different than a lot of the events we play out here, but it's certainly a lot of fun. And I think if it was like this every week, it would be pretty draining. But to have it, a, you know, a couple of times a year would be pretty fun. I think. You know, with like the stadium hole at Sawgrass, um, the 16th here. I think the Byron Nelson at home is trying to do a little, little something with the 17th hole there. Um, I mean, the environment is really fun to be around. Hey, if you can embrace it, then those are the ones that are generally successful there. And he was a breakthrough victory for Scotty Scheffler. It's going to be a very, very popular win at what's clearly a very popular event for the hundreds of thousands that attended the WM Phoenix Open. I'm sure later on today, I'm hosting golf today at noon eastern time today and then i'll be hosting golf central tonight and through wednesday i 100 percent guarantee you that we will discuss at some point it's going to come up what people think about the wm phoenix open the the question that they ask the most i think is should something like this exist somewhere else and i'd be curious what you guys think about that as well all right patrick cantlay so Patrick Cantlay is a six-time winner on the PGA Tour. He's also a six-time runner-up on the PGA Tour. When Patrick Cantlay got done, he was asked about his takeaways of the game and challenges of playing the same playoff hole over and over again, that 18th, and how he's feeling heading into this week. 
Yeah, I played well today. Um, you know, I didn't make any bogeys and I hit a lot of good putts and didn't really get anything to go in all day. And um, you know, Scotty obviously played really well this weekend and deserves to win. Um, I wouldn't say it's more draining or different than the rest. I mean, playoffs are usually like that, and I've had my fair share of those. So uh, it is what it is. Yeah, it's one of my favorite golf courses, and uh, I always look forward to that week. And next week's going to be no different. Yeah, a classic golf course in the week that lies ahead. And we'll go through all the details of the Genesis at Riviera as the days unfold. The PGA Tour Superstore is the presenting sponsor of the Fairways of Life show, the number one golf retailer in America, now with 51 of those big, beautiful stores spread out from coast to coast. You can find whatever you're looking for at a PGA Tour Superstore, and you will be helped by professionals. I believe that is the ultimate reason that they are number one. Bring your game to the top at the PGA Tour Superstore. Get started at PGATourSuperstore.com. When we come back, there were, as I mentioned, plenty of emotions at the WM Phoenix Open, not just from those in the crowd that were having the time of their lives, but some who were trying to change their lives. Details when we come back. It screams. It tracks. It's soft. It reacts. It is the Bridgestone Tour B with a game-changing reactive cover designed to spring faster off your driver and stick longer to your wedges. Try Bridgestone's Tour Bs, the Tour Ball reinvented. Let's face it, there's no better feeling than getting new golf gear and where you get your golf gear matters. PGA Tour Superstore is America's number one golf retailer. Whatever you're looking for, they have it. And you can get custom fit. You can shop online or safely in their stores. At the PGA Tour Superstore, you'll always find golf's biggest brands and all the latest equipment right at your fingertips. If you need it or want it, they've got it. Log on to PGATourSuperstore.com to upgrade your game today. Ireland is home to over 400 courses, including a third of the world's natural links and a selection of exceptional championship courses in amazing locations, as well as hosting the prestigious Ryder Cup, Solime Cup, and the Open. Experience golf like you never have before from Royal Port Rush, Royal County Down, Port Marnock, Le Hinch, Bally Bunyan, or Lee. Let yourself be embraced by the culture and history and feel the warmth of the Irish people who will make you feel as though you have not left home, but returned to it. For more information, log on to Ireland.com. The Fairways of Life show is live every weekday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Time on YouTube and the Fairways of Life apps. We'll take you inside of the game with interviews, news, discussion, instruction, travel, equipment. You'll get it all and so much more. Join us on one of our fan trips to a dream destination, or maybe you'll even win some new golf clubs as part of our monthly giveaways. Download the Fairways of Life apps and subscribe on YouTube now. It's free, live, and 24-7 on demand. No limits, no cost. Just golf. Nestled amongst the hills of the Hoosier National Forest resides a classic American destination, the French Lick Resort. Experience the ultimate in golf at the Pete Dye Course at French Lick, voted number one course in Indiana on Golf Week's Best You Can Play for 10 years in a row. The Donald Ross Course at French Lick has been named Indiana's number two course in Golf Week's Best You Can Play rankings every year since 2011. Come experience old world opulence amid modern comfort served with Midwestern charm. Visit FrenchLick.com. Created without the constraints of time or money, PXG Golf Clubs are the most technologically advanced available today. And they are a perfect union of art, science, and engineering. 
And the PXG experience is unlike any you've had before. After you've been custom fit, your clubs will be built to exacting standards and your exact specs in the USA. So when you hear it, you know. PXG. Nobody builds golf clubs the way we do. Period. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show on this Monday, the day after. Pretty much everything, it's the day after. Except, though, it is the day of Valentine's Day. We went out to dinner last night. Donna's making a fancy meal today. Obviously, I'm working all day from from here through to Golf Channel. Remember, golf today at noon and then Golf Central tonight. Are you guys going anywhere, Dom, or are you staying in with the kids? Oh, no, we can't go anywhere with our lives and the kids and stuff. I'm... I'm trying to schedule something with my wife for later in the week. We have got to get babysitter, and you know what it's like when your kids are young. It's hard to yeah. do anything. Are you going to make her a special meal the day. then? That's my every day is. Let's make it through the day today. <laughs> That's <laughs> not a bad plan. philosophy. Are you going to do something nice for mealtime? Um, I haven't decided what I'm cooking yet tonight, but yes, I will make something nice. Sounds good. I see you sent me right a, a text yesterday of a dip or something that you made. What was that? Oh, yeah, that was for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I made a, a spinach artichoke dip, which I uh, uncontrollably ate while watching football. You wolf through you it on your you own. Can't take the college, you can't take the college out of me where it's just like, oh, the Super Bowl's on. I, like put two screens and just eat a bunch of really unhealthy food. That's just, I don't know. I'll be doing that for another 50 years. I don't know what you want from me. There you go. There's nothing <laughs> more we want from you, Don. That's all we want from you. Okay, so for Sahith uh, Thigala, it, it was, I think, an emotional journey for all of us. It was so cool to see him playing that well. A lot of people don't realize that this is the, he's now 0-2 with 54-hole leads on the PGA Tour. This wasn't the first time that he ever popped up in the world of golf, but it was a prominent stage that he was on. And the sense that I got and kind of, listening to a lot of the media was that they were waiting for him to wilt and he really kept on fighting. So for Thigala to end up finishing at 15 under par, but one shot back with a final round of 69. And I'm not sure if you saw the videos of him with his family afterwards. It was so cool. The amount of emotion, the support, the hugs. Uh, He is the son of immigrants from India all of it was really neat. So he was asked following. Remember, this is he was very emotional through this. Was he more disappointed with the finish or proud about how he hung in there for as long as he did? How did the emotions of the day compare to what he expected from that final round? And what was the fan support like coming down the stretch? A little, little bit of both, for sure. Oh, thought I... Sorry. Thought I had a great shot on 17. It was cutting. If it lands another yard right, I think that's perfect. Kick straight and it's good. Kick left into the water there. And then I was worried about the ball. It was such a steep slope. I was worried about the ball kind of rolling back. So I maybe rushed my process just a little bit there and hit a poor chip and hit a poor putt. I mean, I just didn't hit, hit the shots at the right time when it counted. But definitely proud of the way. Played this week. Yeah, it was a lot. I mean, there, there are so many different emotions to take in. Uh, I feel like me and my caddy Carl did a really good job of um, kind of using the adrenaline properly and just trying to enjoy every moment of it. And 
It was a lot of fun out there today, for sure. Yeah, the last three holes I got so much support, 16, 17 there, and even 18 cheering my name. So it's really cool. Really cool indeed. And he did hang in there, and he, and he did get very unlucky on, on 17. All right, so I'm not sure if you had a chance to watch much of what happened throughout the course of it. You know, people were busy this weekend, obviously, with a lot going on, but there were holes in one on 16 on Saturday and on Sunday. Uh, for Carlos Otis, his was from 178 yards. He used a nine iron with his. He ended up tying for 33rd. Uh, Samuel Ryder on Saturday, uh, which when he had his hole-in-one, it was the start, and then Ortiz with his one on Sunday marks the first time that they've had multiple holes-in-one on 16 in the same week since 1997 when it was done by Tiger Woods and Steve Stricker that year. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I was, looking, I was looking for the distance on... Samuel Ryder. His was shorter than Ortiz by, I think, three yards, if memory serves me. So what we have put together here for you, John's put this this edit together, where you're going to hear from both players about what took place, how it took place. First of all, we'll start with Samuel Ryder. Maybe he'll give us the exact yards because he's going to take us through the shot. Uh, and then about the cleanup, how long was it before his, his those his fellow competitors could actually carry on as well and then Ortiz will talk about his at the end have some fun yeah I was in the whole way just one of those that just kind of looked like it wasn't a mistake it just kind of happened it you know it was going in like right when it left the club so yeah still kind of coming down off the adrenaline but yeah it was it was pretty crazy it was honestly amazing how quickly they were able to get everything up there was debris everywhere and you know it was such a fun exciting thing and I didn't want any kind of like negativity to kind of overshadow something that was really so so much fun and happy and everything but the crew did such a good job the mate the grounds crew the thunderbirds were out there picking up i mean the how quickly they got it all cleaned up was was pretty incredible so you know hats off to them for being able to do that and hopefully it didn't create too much of a log jam with the um pace of play but all in all i think it was a pretty positive thing I got lucky. I saw Kevin Kisner hit an, an eight iron. I was trying to hit an eight iron, and, and we figured out it was a perfect nine iron for me. And I honestly thought it was a little bit short. That's why I started walking. And, and you know, I was pretty surprised I got in. It's probably I don't even know what to say. It was unbelievable. I didn't know how to react. <laughs> it's just uh, that amount of people cheering for you, and then you start trying to watch out for your head. Because I, I got actually nailed pretty hard on the back with a with a beer can on the back. And then after that, I was just trying to just avoid all the all the cans I could, and I don't know, I don't even know what to say. It was it was great. I just tried to react to <laughs> to what was happening. I mean, no, I, I don't think anybody has that kind of crowd respond anywhere. It's just that 16 hole is unique in golf, at least in in, in the, on the PD tour. We, I don't think we, not even majors or anything, we get a hole with that kind of response from the people. How do you assess the week that was? Well, here is Will Haskett and Dennis Paulson from PGA Tour Radio. Gents, I'm not quite sure how to to summarize all that was. All right, thanks, Matt. Uh, The greenest show on grass, Dennis, and what a way to get it done. It took some bonus golf, but Scotty Scheffler, kind of fitting. He's come so close. He's beaten so many without actually getting to the very top, and he wins one of the best fields in golf this year and did so in dramatic fashion on the third playoff hole with a 25-footer. 
Yeah, it's pretty incredible. There were so many storylines. Xander had an opportunity coming down the stretch. Sahith Figala, man, what an effort he played. He played great golf, got a kind of a bad break at 17. That one went in the water and made a great up and down on the last hole to end up missing the playoff by a shot. But, you know, the guy who won the golf tournament never had the lead until the 71st hole, and it was only a share. I mean, it was really kind of a crazy day the way that went down today. There was a lot of ebb and flow, a lot of back and forth. Um, Sahith was the guy that was kind of in control. Every time that he had to need to answer something, he seemed to do it. And uh, the one thing about Sahith I'm going to say is that when he hit the shot at 16, he really kind of amped it up and started playing to the crowd. And I think that adrenaline there was hard for him to kind of bring back down a little bit and uh, play in 17, and maybe he'll learn from that. Maybe that elevated him and calmed him down. I don't know, but that was the one thing I'll take away. Playing that 18th hole over and over and over again is a tough way to play that hole. That hole location today was just brutal. A lot of good shots. Guys just couldn't figure out the lines on some of those pots. Sahith Figala won a lot of fans this week. Sponsor exemption, a rookie that takes advantage of that to, to nearly get it done and he'll learn a lot from that one. The emotion overwhelming him, the tears after the round were incredible. There'll be tears, I'm imagining, in the Scheffler family as well. Scotty Scheffler walked off the 12th green, Dennis, three shots back of the leaders and ends up in a playoff and could have won it outright with a five-footer. It goes to show just how crazy the back nine on Sunday can be on the PGA Tour. And we talk a lot. It's very easy to say, okay, he's won for the first time on the PGA Tour, and now that's the water flowing over the dam or every, whatever your cliche is going to be. But Scotty Scheffler was a top 15 player in the world that hadn't won yet in the PGA Tour. You kind of feel like you're going to see a lot more of these trophy presentations in Scheffler's future now that this monkey is off of his back. you got to think. He's one of the top ball strikers on tour. He's a great driver of the golf ball. He's a good iron player. He's a pretty good putter. Made some big putts today. Made some long putts this week. But the finish, you look at who wins the golf tournament and look at how he finished. Birdie, birdie, birdie par birdie and the par at 18 and that was missing a putt inside six feet and i honestly think he hit that putt pretty darn close to where he wanted to It was just a tough read and he missed it but it didn't get him down and that tells me a lot about a guy who's never won on the pga tour it would have been real easy to be woe is me walking up there to go sign a scorecard to get in the playoff and he did not do that Scheffler entered Saturday nine shots behind the lead. He comes all the way back after a 62 on Saturday to get it done. Scotty Scheffler will no longer have to wonder when that win will come. It comes this year. And, Matt, what a show it was. It lived up to the hype. The People's Open always delivers. Yeah, it sure did, guys. So did you. I I had the pleasure of listening to PGA Tour Radio for much of the final round yesterday as we were running around, and they did a brilliant job, as always. PGA Tour Radio can be heard on the PGA Tour app. It can be heard on PGATour.com, and it's free and worldwide on both of those sites, or if you subscribe to National Satellite Service Sirius XM. And they'll be back at it again this week at the Genesis Open, as we'll bring you details for that. Now, there was another incident at the WM Phoenix Open, to give it its proper name, when Charlie Hoffman sent out the message. He posted it publicly in which he was complaining about a, a, a rule that he felt should have been changed a long time ago. In fairness to Charlie Hoffman, first of all, his complaints about the rule are correct. The fact that you, yes, everyone says, well, don't hit it over there, et cetera, et cetera. I get it. But the rule itself needs to be addressed. 
And what he was trying to do, so he told us later on, was that by by doing addressing it the way that he did and tagging different media companies in there the way that he did and then suggesting this was part of the reason why people looking elsewhere. And then Phil Mickelson weighed in and Bryson DeChambeau weighed in. And this, there was this sense of this uh, Phil Mickelson, uh, you know, uh, PR campaign behind with multiple players and, and everybody got that sense. And they started to sniff it and said, this is really about the Saudi backed uh, live golf investments efforts. It was for most people just too much of a combination. So on Saturday, here is Charlie Hoffman with his presser. This is from Saturday. I think it's a whole, a whole everything. Uh, you got to look at yourself as a policy board member, look at yourself in the face, as I said. It's like, what can I do better as a player director? What can the executive committee do, executive directors do better to make sure that we are the best tour in the world? Uh and if it's the PGA Tours uh, rewarding us by using social media in their platforms now, but they don't like it when you don't say something that may not be up to their standard. Uh, but you're rewarded on it. I'm not. I'm on no means trying to win the player impact program, but I wanted to get my point across that there's rules out there in the game of golf that should be changed. I had no... I wasn't near the golf ball. I had no intent to hit the golf ball, and the ball moved after I dropped it twice, and I have to drop it. I have to put it down where the ball landed. I have, I have no control over that. I turn my back, and the ball goes in the water. How is that a rule that is good for the game of golf and how we play? I mean, not one person at a country club would have took another penalty for that. Why, why is, in professional golf are we doing that? It's not the first time it's happened. So you have to use what I have because, obviously, what we what the players have said and the our person that sits on the their board and sits with them it hasn't gotten through to them and i talked to the usg usg last night and hopefully they got the point and hopefully it does change so hopefully a little bit of hard times for me going through this probably going to catch a ton of crap will make the game better and i hopefully the pga tour and the policy board and everybody gets together and we keep everybody here so and, just, and we play in the U.S., the best game of golf in the world, and we have the best players play week in and week out here in the United States. You made a pretty giant leap, though, going from this rules infraction yeah. to, you know, yes. players. Strategically. To, yeah. I, if I just gripe about a rule, no one probably catches it. No one, no one says anything. How much thought did you put in before A you decent hit? amount. So, so I put a jab in there on purpose, so the media would catch it. And Jay Monahan's name too. Well, Jay, Jay, it was sorry, Jay, is that I was doing this because I have a great relationship with Jay, and I have nothing but admiration for what Jay does for this tour and how hard he works. So it was a sorry, Jay, for I know he's going. This isn't an easy time for the PGA Tour. So that that's what that sorry, Jay. That's why I said we need to do better. We 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 as player directors, as executive directors, commissioners, everybody, we need to do better to make sure we keep everybody here in the U.S. So you're one of the few players on the policy board. Is the system in place not working? I think it works really good, but we have, we have a threat. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's real. I mean, you can't, you can't hide under a rock and say it's not. And I, there's no way that I, and has ever crossed my mind to go over and play for a competitor and, uh, ever and, and it was never if it came across in that 
Instagram posts that I have been reached by them. I have not been reached by them. It, it came across wrong. I added that so the media would catch it. So I, I would prove my point on the rule side. The problem with, the, in my view, the problem with the way that Charlie Hoffman approached this was what you just heard, the reason why we played it, it's the reason why we do what we do in, in this Fairways of Life show. In all fairness, other than those who are going to hear it through this medium, nobody is going to hear what he just said. So the problem with what he did was it looked like he was piling on. And in fact, he was when, when, you, when you take his post standing alone. And the fact that he's a former chair of the PAC, the fact that he's a member of the PAC, the fact that he would express this kind of loyalty and hope for the future of the PGA Tour now in a setting and at a time where a tiny fraction of the people who are reacting to his initial post will get to hear what his words are and what his intentions were. It was horrifically handled. It came across as coloring Charlie as an entitled, spoiled, petulant, multimillionaire golf professional. So regardless of any other agenda, trying to get golf's governing bodies and or the PGA Tour to apply pressure to the same to change a rule that rightfully should be modified, it came across in the worst possible way. And then, as I mentioned before we played the sound for you, the fact that Phil and Bryson both weighed in on it. Like, yeah, this is what we've been saying. Paraphrasing also did not play well. Phil Mickelson for his entire career, whether you love Phil, hate Phil, or indifferent to him, you have to recognize and admit that Phil has always controlled the narrative. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to do it. He always has an agenda of what he's doing. Sometimes when Phil does it, he miscalculates. Hitting a moving putt at Shinnecock was one of them. It's not the only one. But there are times, I think another one pops in my head immediately is when when Phil was complaining about paying taxes. Right? All of us complain about paying taxes. But when you are an incredibly successful multi, 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 multi multi-millionaire and you do it in a public forum, in a game that you get paid richly to play, it doesn't play well in the public consciousness. Even if anybody, no matter what their income level, have a right to complain about taxes. So just the whole way this played out and the fact that that you've got Bryson and Phil jumping on going, yeah, this is what we're talking about. I think the whole thing has been horrific in whatever efforts are being made to generate, to percolate behind the scenes, a dialogue or a picture of a discontent. And there were many responses. Tony Johnstone, the the veteran campaigner from South Africa, probably had the most lethal that I saw through responses. But Dom, were you able to put together kind of a sampling of some players, maybe instructors, and what their feelings were as to what they heard and saw? Yeah, you can see it on the screen now if you're watching on the TV side. You see Trevor Immelman says, Pip, with a little laughing emoji. Uh, DeChambeau says, agree wholeheartedly, which is what you were referencing with him in prior. Phil Mickelson, I feel you, says Phil Mickelson. Travis Fulton's got a little emoji. 
Emiliano Grillo says, don't hit it there with a laughing emoji, obviously referencing the fact that he dropped the ball and it went back into the water. Uh, Roy McIlroy wrote, uh, nice bounce back, though. And then he's another, la- a lot of emojis. I think the one thing I'll say uh, with all of this, just my opinion, but this has always been my issue, not just with Pip, but just with the way social media sort of, it's very difficult to determine intent when everything, all judgments are coming through social media. It's also very difficult to, um, when you only have a certain number of characters, tone doesn't come through. And a lot of times what someone is trying to say or trying to hint at either can't be hinted at in a character limit or it's taken completely the wrong way. And I think this thing with Charlie Hoffman's a perfect example. He uses Instagram, as he mentioned in those comments we just played, sort of as a, a platform because he knows it's going to reach all these people. But like you said, no one's watching anything that he says. They just take what he says as face value, take it the wrong way, essentially, because if you listen to his comments... No, no, no. It, it was taken, really it was taken Dom, in fairness to Charlie. We played Charlie's sound so that his, his, he could be on record of what his intention really was. But the way that it was taken was the way that it was actually written. Because of the hashtags he used, because of who he tagged in there, he was not under a character limit in what he wrote because of the forum that he did it on. I believe it was a gross miscalculation. I think he explained what his intent was in trying to get the rule change, but it struck me as someone that did something in anger. They always say when you're, when you're going to write something, whether it's an email or a post or what have you, and you're mad, write it. Don't send it. At least take a day to look at it again. And I think he sent it, and I think he stepped in it, to tell you the truth, because I don't think there was any misinterpretation of what he wrote or what his intent was. There didn't even, there didn't even have an air of sarcasm to it, nor did he say there was that. His intent, as he told us later on, was to get a rule changed. But he also used these other trigger points to gain attention. And he was trying to gain attention, as he put it, from the media as well. And the attention went a lot farther than that. I just think for the overall effort, if you were sitting in the offices of Live Golf right now, I think you would be shuddering at this effort. Because even with the go get him from Phil and Bryson, which I also don't think was to his benefit in this regard, I would be sitting back going, this is the worst kind of, of promotion that we have. We, we look like we're becoming a, a professional daycare for spoiled millionaires who expect entitlement. The thing that everybody attacked was the lack of, of quote, protection. And everyone attacked it and said, wait a minute, you got a pension program that lasts you and your families for generations. You've made millions and millions, tens of millions of dollars. Charlie's made over $30 million playing on the PGA Tour. And then everyone goes to his record. They say, you've made this much money, but look what you've done in return. Look at Charlie made that money because he earned that money. That is the structure of the tour. Was he too harsh in the tour assessment? Absolutely. Was he inaccurate in his assessment? Absolutely. He was inaccurate. Was he intending to actually help the efforts of those who were trying to create a league to challenge the PGA tour that's backed by the Saudis? He told us no. What he wrote did until it was roundly attacked. So, you know, I, I don't know what else to tell you, Dom, in terms of, of, writing an intent. I agree with you that it's difficult to separate 
what your actual intent is when people read what you actually wrote. That's the problem with not waiting and looking it through and going, is this really the message that I want to get out there? This coming from someone that has devoted a tremendous amount of time to the betterment of the PGA Tour behind the scenes as a member of the pack and more. And what he and his wife have done for charity and all the rest, if you look at the entirety of who he is, what he did here was a colossal mistake. Even if his intent was just to try to get that rule changed, the way that he went about trying to accomplish that is what caused all of these problems. He hit on these very, very sensitive trigger points right now. And like I said, and then to have Phil and Bryson come in like, yeah, this is what we're talking about. I don't think it helped his cause at all. I don't think it helped their cause. I don't think it helped Live Golf's cause for how it played out. But the one thing that is definite is that this thing hasn't played itself out at all. There is much more coming. Last week, there were more major announcements of executives being added to Live Golf. They are backed by massive, massive, massive resources. You've heard some of the numbers that are being thrown around that players are supposedly being offered. Bryson said the number that was public in his case was incorrect. He just said wrong. That was the way that he responded to it. So as I've mentioned to you before, what is happening here in 2022 in and around the world of golf? And bear in mind, it isn't just the PGA Tour. We focus on the PGA Tour because of where we are, but it's going to affect all of the world tours, including the DP World Tour, the former uh, European Tour. This has never happened in, in the world of golf before. It's happened in other sports. Football, startup leagues, etc. Did they make changes? Did they cause changes to the primary league? Probably. Is that good to have a forum that changes are made? Maybe. But the one thing that we do know is something is happening here because it has massive resources behind it. And that's the difference. As a, as a comparative, in relative comparison, in dollars, accessibility, etc., a challenge to establish league or leagues in a major sport has never been fronted with such resources before, behind it before, ever. What this all means has a lot to do with how players react. Upon what basis players will make decisions. Right? It's, it's, there, there's a couple of phrases that, that are used in the game of golf right now to a point that at times they're used to an excess of exploitation. One of them is to grow the game. There's real merit in growing the game. There's real merit in discussion of things that will grow the game. And we all have a pretty good sense when we smell it, whether it's cooked correctly and this is something that actually will grow the game. I think the Junior League from the PGA of America is an example of something that will definitely grow the game. I think it's brilliant. It brings boys and girls in, puts them on a team format, takes away a lot of the individual pressure, a lot of the barriers that kids feel to entering. They get their, their, their uniforms and all the rest. I think it's great for growing the game that's real. I'm okay with that. Another phrase that is used to excess uh, because, because it's used at, at times like this as a shield. 
as a platitude. And, and that is to talk about golfers as independent contractors. Okay, I get it. That is, in essence, the structure of, of who they are. Uh, in, in many ways, every human being in the world is an independent contractor. Unless you're, you're tied to some indebted fortitude, no matter what you do, you have a choice to do something else. Not always, not everywhere. I'm not being naive about it, but at least where we are. So ultimately, the mere fact that one is an independent contractor does not absolve you from the considerations that go into where you are getting your funds paid to you from. That's what this comes down to. Ultimately, that's what this comes down to. If you really want to talk about how big an issue this, it's a big issue, but if you really want to talk about how big a challenge this could be, consider for a moment if it wasn't the Saudis that were funding this. What if it was Jeff Bezos? What if he said, yeah, I'm willing to put a billion or more dollars to the accounts that we've heard into this effort? So if you removed the sense of moral outrage and as a result, the judgment that goes along with it, which is ultimately what I'm talking about here, the personal decisions that people have to make, whether you consider yourself an independent contractor or not. But if that element of moral outrage didn't exist, would it change the picture? Surely it would. Because now it wouldn't be so easy to align oneself and say, good guys, bad guys. For better or for worse, good guys, bad guys. So even if you are an independent contractor, does that status justify the exploitation of the game to be used for other means, to carry other messages, and in fact, to obscure messages that are far darker and more menacing? But as I mentioned, the bottom line with all of this is that it is not going away anytime soon. In fact, I expect it's, it's, it's not quite daily, it is at least weekly, that something like this would happen. And, Dom, I would like, I, I would like for you to reach out to Charlie Hoffman. Let's see if we can get him on the program to talk about this some more because I think it was a massive miscalculation. And his message which as I mentioned to you in fairness, I happen to agree with the rule should be modified. But his message was lost in the package that he wrapped it in. And that's nobody's fault but his. I'll be on golf today at noon Eastern time on Golf Channel. I'll be hosting Golf Central tonight through Wednesday. I hope you guys can join us in that forum as well because I'm sure these subjects will come up uh, in that medium as well. On this Monday, hope you guys have a happy Valentine's Day. Take it easy out there. We'll be back with you again tomorrow. Until then, goodbye for now. Huh, Ridgeback. Ridgeback, that's pretty cool. So it's a brace for the face. Ridgeback, like the dog. I'm, I'm really a cat guy. 
So what is it? The best feeling and longest metal blitz you'll ever hit. Was that Bernhard? Oh, great. Langer. <laughs> you know why I play Tour Edge? Because I win with it. Pound for pound, nothing comes close. Created without the constraints of time or money, PXG golf clubs are the most technologically advanced available today. And they are a perfect union of art, science, and engineering. And the PXG experience is unlike any you've had before. After you've been custom fit, your clubs will be built to exacting standards and your exact specs in the USA. So when you hear it, you know. PXG. Nobody builds golf clubs the way we do, period. Here at Boyne Golf, each course tells its own story about friends, about challenges, about unforgettable moments. This is Michigan's Magnificent Ten, golf as pure as it gets. The Fairways of Life show is live every weekday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Time on YouTube and the Fairways of Life apps. We'll take you inside of the game with interviews, news, discussion, instruction, travel, equipment. You'll get it all and so much more. Join us on one of our fan trips to a dream destination or maybe you'll even win some new golf clubs as part of our monthly giveaways. Download the Fairways of Life apps and subscribe on YouTube now. It's free, live, and 24-7 on demand. No limits, no cost, just golf. Even though we're in Texas, we don't believe that bigger is always better. At Ben Hogan Golf, we believe in something called micromanufacturing, a concept Mr. Hogan taught us long ago. It's a belief that handcrafting golf clubs one at a time to your exacting specifications is the reason we make some of the best quality and best performing equipment in the world. And we don't believe in big prices. That's why we only sell directly to you at BenHoganGolf.com. Let's face it, there's no better feeling than getting new golf gear, and where you get your golf gear matters. PJ Tour Superstore is America's number one golf retailer. Whatever you're looking for, they have it. And you can get custom fit. You can shop online or safely in their stores. At the PJ Tour Superstore, you'll always find golf's biggest brands and all the latest equipment right at your fingertips. If you need it or want it, they've got it. Log on to PGATourSuperstore.com to upgrade your game today. 